the Southside's own Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah singing in for Jonathan Hood tonight. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah and at Chris Black. We are on till 9 o'clock this evening. We're open for business and your phone calls at 312-332-3776. Lots to do this hour. We will have the summer of football in about 10 minutes right here on ESPN 1000. We'll talk to the Action Network's Colin Wilson, one of our favorite football guests throughout the year. We will get you set for some win totals in the NFL. Who are we going over and under on in the National Football League? We'll talk about that with Colin Wilson in about 10 minutes right here on ESPN 1000. And then at 8.30, Jared Sullinger, former Celtic, five-year vet in the NBA. He's coaching a team in the basketball tournament. He will join us at 8.30 to talk about his squad that has made it to the semifinal games. The games will be played on Sunday, the championship on Tuesday. You can watch those games on ESPN television. Jared Sollinger will join us at 8.30. Lots to do this hour, Abdal. Yeah, Chris, and it was busy at Bears camp today as they were, uh, you know, hitting, hitting, hitting things. And you okay? You know. you, are you are you uh, focused on Lollapalooza there? What, no, what's I'm not going focused on, on Lollapalooza. It, was that uh, too much Lala last night or eight fifty two tomorrow, Chris? Okay, we're booked. Okay, all right, uh, all right. that's what you're doing. You told me to do it in the break. You said book, all right, book so, at tea time for us. So here's and the thing, and I did it. And if I was putting in my credit card information while you you're doing your little pomp and circumstance, I'm sorry. For those who listen to our shows and shtick. No surprise uh, the veteran observers uh, of the Chris and Abdallah scene. This is now back-to-back shows where you have been caught off guard by the no, start that of the No, last time hour. that was you. That was you last time. Right. That was last time it was you and Eric, Eric attested to it. That was uh, 100% on you leaving me out on an island like that. So like I was we Gilligan. kick off the 8 o'clock hour with Mitchell, Mitchell with Trubisky who? conversation as today, another rough day through a couple of interceptions down in Bourbon A. Uh, they tomorrow have family night at Soldier Field. Mm. I mentioned Lollapalooza. A lot going on downtown this weekend. I don't know how people are going to get to Soldier Field for this family night because Listen. all of the Loop, South Loop okay. area is already... We do uh, this every year. No, it's Lollapalooza not the same weekend. And, yes, it is. It, it literally is for oh, the past like luck, four man. years. It's been the same weekend. And I think it gets out earlier than Lollapalooza does. Lollapalooza yeah, gets it, out at 10. It or, certainly yeah. does. So I think that they'll be all right. Okay, so Mitchell Trubisky, back-to-back days, has struggled down in Bourbonnais. And, you know, 
The thing I think about this is obviously it's practice. It's training camp. It's practice. Practice doesn't necessarily matter. Mm -hmm. Well, this is the quarterback, though, that's going around telling everyone that cleaning the room equates to being a better leader and having cleaner focus when you get into the pocket. And if you have a clean room, you should be a more efficient quarterback. That's the way I see it. Mm -hmm. So I think it's kind of interesting that the quarterback that's worried about cleaning his room has a sloppy performance on the field in the last couple of days at Bourbonnet. But... And to pile on to that idea as well is this is a quarterback that will not play in these preseason games. We knew this from yes. last year yes. that the starters for Matt Nagy and the Chicago Bears, they're not going to play in the preseason. No. That's fine with me. There's not a bigger waste of time in professional sports than the NFL preseason. You know why? How many teams in college football are having a preseason game before they play a big matchup? That's true. Opening weekend. That's true. Title hopes on the line. There are teams that are going to play for the first time in college football against a real opponent. That's true. I think true. NFL players could probably handle that. No? Since this is their profession? No, I think they can. So, so, so let, let, let's consider this. The reason we need to pay attention to how Trubisky is coming along in training camp is because this is the only time he will practice to get better before the season starts against Green Bay. He's not going to get the, the reps in the preseason. And that's fine. He doesn't need to. But he should probably clean things up in the pocket at practice. Oh, but Chris. But Chris. But Chris. How about that defense intercepting QB1 twice, huh? Ha ha Clinton Dix, new addition. Intercepting my man. Eddie Jackson getting in there. Everybody's getting in there. How about that defense, huh? Obviously, it's the hardest defense he's going to face all year because they're the best defense in the league for right now. Until someone else comes along that's better than the best defense in the league. They're the only defense he's facing, Abdallah. Exactly. So that's my point. Right now, the defense is showing up. You want to see the world glass half empty. You go ahead and you do that. That's on you. I see this as, wow, a dominant defense that that was questioned about how many takeaways they're going to have is doing what? Getting takeaways. Take that. I see what you're doing. You're deflecting the fact that the quarterback is not developing by using the defense. And I bet that another element of deflection that you would use or some could use would be this kick- kicker situation. Let's talk about the kickers. No, until no, no. We're I don't need to talk, I need to talk about kickers. Let's ignore that the quarterback's not developing. I need to talk about, about kickers. To support your cause, here's Matt Nagy talking about today after practice. I need to bring up kickers. You brought up kickers. The defense is helping Mitch get better. There we go. Here's Matt Nagy. Yeah, again, we're seeing a lot of looks. Um, in certain scenarios that we might not see in the game in those scenarios just because Chuck, you have limited time to get stuff in. So he's going to try to put some things in and it might be, for instance, first and 10 and we're seeing a third down blitz because he's got to see it. So, um, But that's okay. Again, don't get frustrated. Learn from it. And then when we get to the game, things should be a little bit easier. Matt Nagy after practice today. Chris Black and Adam Abdallah singing for Jonathan Hood tonight on Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. What do you need to see from Mitch in practice? Here's the coach. That's a part of really practice. I mean, you're, you're never going to have great practices all the time. Really, when if there is a practice that's just okay or if it's kind of choppy, what I'm looking for, Dan, is how does, he, how does he handle that situation? Does he mope? Does he put his head down? Or does he freaking get ready for the next play and get ready to roll? And that's where we're at right now. He's getting close to that point. And um, that, I don't want to force it to happen. I want it to organically happen, but he's getting really close with that. That's Matt Nagy after practice. Jeff Dickerson was on these airwaves earlier today. He said the offense looks sluggish 
and that it was a little bit sloppy from the offense and Trubisky in the last two days. So, okay, yes, it's practice. And yes, I get what Nagy's saying there. He doesn't mope. He doesn't put his head down. But listen, the try-hard kid doesn't get any extra bonus points just because he's trying harder than anyone else. We want results. That's what this is all about. No, Chris, I don't know what you're talking about. If you show up first, if you leave last, if you don't have a bad attitude about performing negatively, it's your second year in the system, those are all those are all extra Madden points. All of those are extra Madden points. And those translate to the field. And so as long as he's performing and as long as he's got his, his chin up and his, his helmet strapped in tight, he's going to be fine. And a clean bunk. And a clean, I didn't want to bring that up. <laughs> I didn't say that. You did. I didn't bring up the cleaning stuff. That was Chris Black. I'm Adam Abdallah. That's Chris Black who went to the clean. He brought up one. He brought up kickers, and he brought up cleaning up a bunk. Well, to me, I feel like a lot of the storylines. Now, listen, I, I'm so excited about this defense. I, I think <laughs> the defense is going to be so good. But, like, I'm concerned because I feel like there's a lot going on where people aren't really paying attention to the the most important part of what is going on with this team. And for this team to get to that next level, you need the quarterback to develop. Now, can they win a Super Bowl with Trubisky being average? Absolutely. Yeah, come on. We see it all the time. There's Trent Dilfers out there. No offense to Trent Dilfers. But there are guys that are out there that you can manage the game. Look, is Eli Manning won two Super Bowls. Okay, is Eli Manning a a great quarterback? No, he's okay. No, he's good. He's all right. Yeah, career good. Probably will make the Hall of Fame because people will vote for him based on the two Super Bowls. Yeah, Chris Blackenham Abdallah here on ESPN One Thousand and the ESPN app. So each and every night here on Under the Hood, Jonathan Hood brings you a segment that focuses on the NFL, college football, anything in between that's football related during the summer, and it's called. The Summer of Football. The Summer of Football. We're just having fun and we're working, baby. With Jonathan Hood. Come on, baby, let's get it. Let's go now. You fired the first shot. Let's go, man. Five starts. from deep in their own territory. And it's packed off at the 25-yard line. Eddie Jackson. And he'll go in for the touchdown. We're just having fun and we're working, baby. Pressure now on Mahomes. He's in trouble. Now gets it away. Are you kidding? Barkley up the middle, cuts to the outside. Saquon Barkley across midfield. Standard bounds, and Barkley takes it all the way. Summer of football. Lawrence flips it open. Justin Ross off and running. And Clemson strengthens its grip on this championship game. Williams in the game for the first time this year for Notre Dame. Takes the hand up and takes off. Let's be great, baby. Let's go. The summer of football. You got it. Work. Right here on ESPN 1000. I think we ain't there yet. And the ESPN app. And tonight's guest for the summer of football, Colin Wilson from the Action Network. You can follow him on Twitter at Colin at underscore Colin one. I'm Chris Black with Adam Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Our feature of summer of, the f- of football, and we get things started, Colin. It's Chris and Adam. With this, we look at this Bears team heading into this season. Expectations are really high. What do you think of this Bears team as we head towards this season, especially looking at their win total in Vegas? I think I think what's amazed me about Trubisky is the odds about how he's climbed up the board from say a hundred to one to fifty to one. Just the odds on him alone. I'm not sure if that's just you know pure money that they've taken in. They're trying to balance the books, but it has been quite a phenomenon versus how their win total really hasn't moved that much and how 
their division odds with Green Bay really haven't changed that much either while, uh, you know, Trubisky is climbing. So uh, for me, I think the number is set exactly where it needs to be. But, you know, I felt like last year's Bears offense where, you know, they were doing things uh, to get around some of the faults that Trubisky had. So if he can't improve in, you know, in these years coming to this year uh, and next year, then, you know, they're going to have to look for it. They're going to be on the market for a new quarterback just like everybody else is. It's fascinating that the Bears, Packers, and the Vikings both have the same win total at nine. Which one do you think mm-hmm. offers the most value looking at their schedules? Look, <laughs> I, I, I dare not go into the Lions. Uh, I, so I would probably stick, I'll probably stick with the Packers. Uh, I do like what they got coming. I think there was, you know, I, I've read plenty of interviews where defensive teams, rosters, and coaches did not have to prepare for Green Bay as much as they did for other teams because they knew what Mike McCarthy was running 10 years ago, nine years ago, eight years ago. Nothing's changed. And so the scheme that you would have defensively to take on Green Bay was always the same. There was always a problem with the running backs. Uh, you know, usually if Rodgers was healthy, uh, you know, usually there's only one right receiver that was, you know, worth, you know, putting doubles on. Uh, so I think if we get a little bit different offense, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to leave the pocket whenever he wants without getting uh, flack from his head coach. Uh, I think we're going to see something different. I think it's going to be to the benefit of Green Bay. Colin Wilson from the Action Network joins Chris Black and Adam Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. So let's look at the Vikings. Last year, they came into the season as one of the teams a lot of people were looking at as a Super Bowl contender. They had a disappointing season last year. Do you think they can bounce back and get back to the playoffs this season? It seems like they might have crested. Uh, maybe the, maybe they've already hit their peak uh, You know, with what, what they did against uh, – in NFC playoffs uh, two years ago, I guess it would be now with uh, one of the more amazing runs uh, that I've ever seen. So it feels like they may have already, you know, already hit their peak. I especially think that about the Saints too. Uh, I, I think that it's it's time for some of these teams that had their shot to get to the Super Bowl. They're going to regress a little bit. I don't think the personnel, the roster, is as good as it's been in the last couple of years. Um, so you know, like I said, I, to me, this is Green Bay's division to win. I really like the Chargers this year. They won 12 games last year. Their win total right now is 9.5. I think they've got a Super Bowl caliber team, even if they don't have Melvin Gordon. But to me, they can win. I think that they can win more than 9.5 games. That seems like one of the lowest to- one of the lowest totals for a team with the highest ceiling on the board for me. We're cutting up. Uh, we're cutting into some wounds that I thought had mended over the summer. I had a, a 40-1 to 1 on the Chargers to win the Ooh. Super Bowl. And I mean, the, t- the ticket was just... It- they had opened that up, I think, the day after the Super Bowl, and I said, this roster is a Super Bowl-level roster. It's an AFC-winning roster. They're good enough to do it. And I just think one of these years, you know, uh, Rivers is going to have a magical season, and, and, and the raw, the defense especially, uh, with everything that they've added over the years, uh, I thought this was it. This was their year. But coaching matters. Uh, you know, they, I mean, they just fell completely flat last year. I think it's important to win the division, maybe get a week off because – some of these teams that get in is, you know, five and six seeds are struggling to get in the playoffs, especially as how tough it is in the AFC. Uh, you know, they come in, they're going to run out of gas after a while. I mean, when you play what would be three or four consecutive playoff games and you're jockeying for seeding and things like that, uh, you'll have a letdown at some point, which is what they had last year. Uh, and I still to this day think that they had the best roster last year. They just got into a flat spot. 
Colin Wilson from the Action Network joining Chris Black and Adam Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Uh, we all know that Bill Belichick is probably the best coach in the NFL. You mentioned coaching matters. Do you have a short list of coaches that you're always keeping your eyes on when you're betting so you know, like, okay, this guy is pretty good in this spot and these couple of guys are usually the guys that I like to lay my money on? Yeah, Andy Reid uh, off of a bye, I think is just universal. I think we, I think most betters have known for over a decade that anytime, whether it's Philadelphia or whether it's Kansas City, if you give Andy Reid extra time, he's uh, he's pretty fabulous. And then you give him the home field advantage of, of Arrowhead, uh, it makes it even better. So he is definitely one of those coaches uh, that you look to play on because he can generally, when it, unless it's going up head to head against Belichick. Generally, he can out-scheme anybody, and he can out-coach anybody, and he is fantastic against the spread off of a bye week. When you're looking to bet a uh, NFL win total, how much do you factor in a team's holdouts going into the season? Uh, almost zero, actually. Oh. I, I, I mean, it's, it's a big deal, right? I mean, I, I think back to when I was a lot younger, and Emmitt Smith held out. Uh, he didn't play, I think, the first two games of the Cowboys. Last time the Cowboys made the Super Bowl, I want to say 95. I'm showing some age here. So, uh, you know, so I mean, holdouts happen it can affect the win total uh but in general i mean these lines are so sharp and they're so uber tight the only thing that affects a point spread on a week-to-week basis is a quarterback uh i mean wide receivers a half a point running backs a half a point are being devalued more and more uh you know Ezekiel elliott's sitting out and jerry jones comes out two days and go and says you know i think they signed another running back and i i think that they are prepared to have a, a season without him i mean running backs just don't count that much anymore. So holdouts don't really mean anything as much as, say, uh, an injury to a quarterback. That affects a point spread, and that affects a win total. Colin Wilson from the Action Network joining Chris Black and Adam Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app talking some football. So the 49ers get Jimmy Garoppolo back for this season. Do you see the 49ers as a dangerous team to hit the over on their win total this year? I like to call this a gambling zombie, and what that means is, is somebody was – there was a team that was hot, and everybody had a ticket on them, and that team was the San Francisco 49ers last year. Uh, they were so overhyped with the signing of Jimmy Garoppolo, and it just didn't work out. The defense, I, the defense is uh, uh, feisty, stingy. Uh, they, they had some problems in the secondary, but uh, you know they had injuries, and, and there's you know there's other things going on with the personnel. They were jockeying around, but you know Garoppolo is going to be healthy again, and I feel like. The general public has taken the love that they had for San Francisco, and they've completely moved on and been sucked into this uh, vacuum that is the Cleveland Browns. So I think everybody's kind of forgotten about San Francisco 49ers, and that was what I would call a uh, a zombie in the gambling world. They may wake up and rise and, and, and eclipse their win total. Well, it wouldn't be a segment about the NFL if we didn't ask you about the Browns, and could they be that zombie this year? And <laughs> Do you think they hit the nine wins or maybe go over that total? Let's say um, the most money I've put down uh, this year, this offseason, has been everything about the Colts, everything about the Colts' win total, everything about the Colts' division, everything about the Colts in the AFC. I would say I equally have as much money <laughs> uh, than I care to admit on fading the Browns. I have Pittsburgh to win the division. Uh, you know, They were, I think, plus 200 at some point a couple months ago. Uh, that was worth a hit. I think it's come down to plus 120 and. and and, you know, Cleveland is still the favorite to win that division, but I don't think they're going to win the division. I don't think they're going to go over the total. Can they get to their total? Sure. Uh, I mean, they could push in their best season, but, I mean, people hitting Super Bowl odds and AFC odds. I mean, is Tom Brady still in, in the AFC? Is Ben Roethlisberger still in the AFC? Uh, it, 
Freddie Kitchens, is this his first year as a as an NFL head coach, like full full term? Can somebody tell me the last time a, a full term first year head coach, uh, you know, made, won the AFC and went to the Super Bowl? So it it's rare. Uh, so I, th- I think there's just a little bit too much love going on with Cleveland. Colin Wilson from the Action Network joining Chris Buck and Adam Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. We've talked about the Chargers and you mentioned the Colts. I think those two are with one third team that create this grouping that weren't in the championship games last year, but really have a chance to win it all. And I would say the Philadelphia Eagles. What do you see from the Eagles heading into this season? Yeah, there's no reason that a, that a healthy Eagles should be able to do what they did two years ago. I think people kind of forgot about them last year. Uh, you know, I think, you know, the management believes in Carson Wentz uh, enough to where they were able to let, uh, you know, a Super Bowl quarterback in full go. Uh, they believe in Wentz enough to be the franchise quarterback no matter what his health is. So, uh, you know, you kind of have to have your trust in them. Uh, they were extremely good on defense. They, they, made, they could run the ball and they could get a first down whenever they wanted. Nothing's really changed with them. I think they're being undervalued this year. Again, I think people are more paying attention to Dallas, and this is going to be Dallas's year. Uh, but, uh, you know, and uh, so at that division, it seems like everybody's going to be 8-8 eight eight except for the Giants who, who, who could bottom out this year. But uh, I love the Eagles this year. But the NFC, to me, is extremely hard to handicap when it comes to making the playoffs because it feels like half of the NFC could make the playoffs. As for the AFC, you know your contenders and you know your pretenders. I feel in the NFC, there's a number of teams, a number of good quality teams that are going to be having a tough time getting the five and six seed in the playoffs. It's also easy to sometimes pick the teams that are going to be really, really bad this season. Are there a couple of the totals that are at you know right around five or six that you like to go under? I will give you one better that is my favorite under that I that I, I've shed uh, pulled the rubber band back and, and thrown some money down on uh, early too. I. Uh, I was doing this earlier in the spring was uh, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, you know, Matt LaFleur goes over to, uh, he goes to Green Bay, so they lose their offensive coordinator. And this is just one of the slowest uh, offenses around. They're very heavy in the rush. Uh, I mean, there's been plenty said about there and written out there in content about how if you are a, a rush-dominant team, you're just, you know, your chances of winning, you have no you know, you have no game in the air. Uh, you know, Marcus Mariota just hasn't proved it. His efficiency isn't there as a passing quarterback. Uh, you know, I like their total under eight and a half. I think it's down to eight. There's a couple shops I've seen in Vegas that are offering a seven and a half. So if you see any eight and a half, you see any eight on the Titans, uh, this is not their year to win that division. I think every team in that division is better. It's kind of like the Chicago Cubs with you guys. I, I was at, uh, I posted a ticket that I had on the Cubs under 90, under 91 and a half. I hit that at Caesars. And Cubs fans were getting really mad at me, and I, and I said, listen, uh, you know, I have no problems. If the Cubs want to win 91 games and they want to win the division, that's fine, but the Reds are better. The Pirates are better. The Cardinals are for real. Uh, you know, the, the division is better, and that's the way that I feel about the Titans is, uh, even, you know, I don't think you've improved at all. Uh, I think your first-round NFL draft pick is going to sit out the year. He's injured already, so there's already problems going on there. Uh, it's just not their division. It's Jacksonville's division. It's definitely the Colts' division. I think the Texans are better than them. I like the under on the Titans. Colin, you're one of our favorites. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. That's Colin Wilson from the Action Network. You can follow him on Twitter at Colin at underscore Colin one on the Action Network. Great information. You know, you look at these win totals as we head towards the regular season. Uh, the Titans, I agree with on that one. The Colts, the the Chargers, the Eagles, those are all teams that are going to be fighting for the championship this year. I think in the NFL, I'm wanting him to say Miami. 
Oh, as a bad team? Yeah, yeah that's going to be... I think that's going to be a problem. Yeah, I think what's wins, going on there, I, I don't think Sam Rosen's going to work out. No. I think that's going to uh, be a disaster. It smells like a three-win team. Yeah, that's awful. And I, I think the word the stories in the offseason that they may be intentionally for trying two, to tank. Uh, I'm Chris Black with Am Abdallah. Coming up next, we talk some hoops with Jared Sullinger, the former Celtics forward, five-year vet. He talks about the basketball tournament and more. Coming up next. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Now the Celtics will hold for the one last shot here with 17 on the shot clock, 19 on the game clock. Boston down seven with 15 seconds to go in the third. Now Sollinger sets the screen with six seconds on the shot clock. Pierce stumbles towards the basket, switches to the left hand, misses, but an offensive rebound by Sollinger. Throws it down with two hands. Welcome back to Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah singing for Jonathan Hood tonight. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah and at Chris Black. Adam, there is a ton going on in this city this weekend. There is stuff going on everywhere. The city is hopping. It's a palooza of paloozas, Chris. You've got Lollapalooza. You've got Bears Family Night tomorrow night. You've got the Big Three. You've got the basketball tournament. you got everything going on. Yeah, and uh, Adam just mentioned it. You can watch it on ESPN Television, the basketball tournament. It's a tournament for $2 million. The championship game is on Tuesday. It's live from Wintrust Arena in downtown Chicago. Uh, the semifinal games will be on Sunday at 11 and 1 o'clock. Uh, so we actually have a pair of tickets to the championship game mm-hmm. to give away before we're done here at 9 o'clock. So the Tuesday night, the championship game, we have a mm-hmm. pair of tickets to give away before 9 o'clock here on ESPN 1000. And we get a chance now to talk with Jared Sullinger. He's a former Celtics forward, five-year vet. You can follow him on Twitter at Jared underscore Sully Zero. He is one of the co-coaches for Carmen's Crew, the Ohio State alumni team. He co-coached with Evan Turner and uh, Jared Sullinger, you're on the phone with Chris Black and Am Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. And welcome to the show. And what's it like coaching these guys? Because you're only a few years out removed. So what's it like coaching this team? It's been a true headache, honestly, coaching <laughs> these guys. Uh, I'm just joking. Honestly, it's been it's been real fun because these guys allow me to be the coach. And I just you got to pay re- respects to the guys, give credit where it's due. Um, by them allowing me being the coach they, they, the transition has been really really smooth what's the biggest difference for you going from player to now becoming coach of this team is it more just hey this is what i would do if i were you guys or or what's the, been the biggest thing for you to change up with these guys i think the biggest thing is just you know sometimes you have friendships with these guys and you kind of put that on the side as a coach you know and I, you got to think about it i'm their peer so this might be a lot of things that they might not agree with and you just gotta you gotta put that to the side and understand that nobody has an ego and you just gotta the whole objective is to win and we take it one game at a at a time and, and you know so these guys are like I said you gotta give credit where it's, where it's due and these guys deserve all the credit. Was there a moment when you first started coaching these guys where you're like, hey guys, enough, I'm the coach? Like, was there is there a single <laughs> moment where like you maybe had to you know <laughs> take the clipboard and you know snap it over your knee or do something like Steve Curry used to do? Mm-hmm. No, not at all. Not at all. Because as soon as I come in the huddle, you know, I learned through all the coaches I had from my dad, the dad monitor, Brad Stevens, Dwayne Casey. Um, they let the players talk it out. Because, you know, the, most likely the players are going to see what's best. They see it. They feel it. 
you know, they, they go through it. So, you know, they see it. They see everything. So you let the players talk it out, and then you come in with your adjustments after the players have their conversation because might, they might not see everything. But, you know, certain things that they see, I can't see because I'm not in the game. So uh, I always let the guys talk, and then when I come through and, and I say what I have to say. But that, like I said, the cre- you got to get the credit where it's, do- where it's due, and it's the guys, they, they, they allow this to be as smooth as possible. ESPN is televising the basketball tournament. It's championship week, and it's taking place at the Trust Arena here in downtown Chicago. I'm Chris Black with Adam Abdallah talking with Jared Sullinger. He's the coach for Carmen's crew. They have made it to the semifinals. You mentioned his name, Brad Stevens. Last year for the Celtics was a rocky one, especially with all this stuff going on with Kyrie Irving and behind the scenes. Uh, what do you think about the job that Brad Stevens has done with the Celtics uh, the last couple of years? I mean, Brad's been amazing. You you have to give credit where it's due, <laughs> like I keep saying, and Brad's been amazing. Uh, when it comes to ATOs, making adjustments, knowing his players, I mean, if you think about it, a lot of guys average career highs under him, and and that that you have to give him give him all the credit. And uh, there's a lot of guys that you know leave the Celtics, and and they're not as efficient, or they're not they're not doing what they was doing with the Celtics at a higher at at a high rate. And uh, that's that's all because of Brad and his system and knowing the game and and seeing the game. Uh, He's been doing a great job. You know, some things you can't control. You know, it's hard to get everybody on the same page. You know, sometimes people are on contract years and, um, you know, guys want to show their talents and that happens. You know, you have to be able to manage egos. And, you know, at the end of the day, everybody that got to the NBA, I I can almost promise you, at least everybody that averaged 20 points one time in their life. One time in their life, everybody's in the NBA, they average 20 points in their life. So it's just hard to get guys to buy into roles that, you know, some guys just don't want to buy into. And, and that's, that's the problem with, you know, the NBA is because you have the money that's involved and then you have, you know, also playing the basketball game. And so sometimes, sometimes two things don't really mess. You know, you mentioned out of timeouts and, and why Brad Stevens is so great. So take us inside the huddle. Take us in practice. What sets Brad Stevens apart from other coaches that you've been around or seen in the NBA that the out of timeout, he excels in this category? He's more mental than physical when it comes to basketball. Um, he thinks the game out. He sees the game. He knows. You know, there's times where Brad would draw up a play in, in the APO and he goes, he's going to be open. And we're like, Okay, what if there? What if he's not open? He goes, trust me, he's going to be open. He doesn't even draw up a second option, and sure enough, the guy is wide open for a layup or a dunk or a wide open three. I mean, it's just he just sees the game and he sees the next pass uh, in in basketball, and that's the beautiful part about you know his offensive ATL. Did you talk to him before taking over as coach for this team? And did you did he give you any advice, or did you take anything from from your time as a player under him and implement it into uh, what you do? Uh, honestly, I I went into a fresh start. I went into a fresh start. Just looked at it as a fresh start with basketball and 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 have fun with it. I just I didn't want to be prepared for everybody to tell me be prepared for this or be prepared for that. I wanted to learn. I wanted to, I wanted to take my lumps as as I was going through the process. 
And that's the only way you can get better. And you, you learn through that process instead of being, you know, I can't prepare for something I, I never experienced. Jared Sollinger on the phone with Chris Black and Am Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. So in the last couple of years, the NBA game has completely changed. The bigs are, are starting to move farther away from the basket. Small ball dominates and three-point shooting dominates. What do you think about that style of basketball? And do you think it's a good thing that everyone is moving away from the basket in the NBA? I think small ball started because of Andre Iguodala, Kevin Durant, and Draymond Green. Um, that's where it all started. I mean, when they won their first title, they went small ball sometimes and put Draymond at the five, Iguodala, uh, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and they, they plugged in whoever. And then when they added Kevin Durant, that's when they enhanced their small ball and they got better. And now that Kevin Durant went to Brooklyn and, and they traded Andre Iguodala to get, you know, D'Angelo Russell because they had to move, remove uh, salary cap. I think now you see uh, over in, in L.A., you've got two bigs in, you know, DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis. You're going to see that combination a lot. Now you go to Philly, now you got Joel Embiid and um, Al Horford. You're going to see that combination a lot. And then you go up to Detroit, you're going to see Andre Drummond and um, Blake Griffin. So slowly you see a lot of two big lineups starting to form, slowly but surely. So. It's it's all it's all about it's all about trend. Who who's the the team that wins? You know, the next team that wins with two bigs, watch how the, the NBA go with two bigs. The next team win with small ball, watch how the team goes small ball. It's just the NBA just follows trend. Did you like what you saw this off season and players kind of splitting up and moving to new locations and and more of a uh, it's more open this year in the NBA? Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I mean, honestly, let's. let's Let's be honest with you. Uh, I love every every year of the NBA. You know, everybody goes in and says, of course the Warriors are going to win. Uh, me being the competitor, me actually playing against them, I always said, no, it's always open. You just never know what can happen. And, and sure, so slowly but surely, you see Toronto Raptors. They get Kawhi Leonard for a year. He wins a championship uh, for the Toronto Raptors. And now everybody's saying it's open again. So it's, it's a beautiful sight to see. Jared Sollinger joining Chris Black and Am Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. He's coaching in the basketball tournament. It's championship week. You can watch it on ESPN television. You can also go live to Wintrust Arena here in Chicago. Jared, you played for Doc Rivers your rookie year in Boston, and you mentioned Kawhi Leonard and everything that took place this offseason. What did you think of the, the sales pitch that Steve Ballmer and Doc Rivers gave to Kawhi Leonard and the fact that the Clippers were the biggest story of this offseason in the NBA? Uh, I mean, there's not much you can you can sell to a guy like Kawhi Leonard. I mean, you you've seen in Toronto they offered him free Uber drives, free restaurants. Uh, he can stay at any place that he wants um, by the uh, CEO of the of a real estate company. You don't need you don't you don't need to sell Kawhi a lot, uh, with a lot of things. And I just thought basketball wise. I just thought he he came he, he came into Toronto did what he had to do and he saw a better opportunity with the Clippers especially when he asked the Clippers to try to get Paul George so I just think the Clippers did what they were supposed to do kept everything quiet did everything that Kawhi asked them to do and uh and boom I mean that that's the sell pitch for guys that aren't Kawhi do you think it's important to pitch these to pitch to free agents life outside of basketball and what teams can offer to guys off the court as opposed to just what the team offers as far as players go on the court and who they can recruit and who they've got as far as young talent uh, is on their team 
Uh, man, it's everybody. It's everybody's personal choice. If you look at Greek Freak, I honestly, I wholeheartedly believe he's not leaving Milwaukee. <laughs> I mean, you, you, I really believe that. You look at Russ; he, he was stuck. He, he stayed with uh, OKC, and then all of a sudden he left. So you see a lot of people like Kobe Bryant, for instance. He asked for a trade, and then all of a sudden he stayed with the Lakers. So everybody has a different mindset. Everybody has a different mindset. It's just all about what you want, what you can accomplish, and. uh and and what's best for you? If it's if it's the money, then take the money. If it's winning championships, take winning championships. If it's being on playoff teams, go with playoff teams. It's just it's personal choice at that point. What was your personal choice? My personal personal choice has always been on the winning team. I, I you know I've been on the losing team my second year in Boston. And it was miserable. I mean, we went in there, we fought every night, but you know, just we lost like seventeen straight games. And I mean, it was just miserable. We couldn't buy a win. And uh, that's just something I just don't I don't have the time for. I I've been winning. I feel like I win all my life, and I don't I can't prepare for losing like that. Okay, speaking of a team that's winning, Carmen's Crew, the Ohio State alumni team in the basketball tournament, uh, the semifinal game on Sunday at Wintrust Arena. What should we expect from Carmen's Crew on Sunday? Defense. I mean, I, uh, they always say defense wins championships. We we have to defend. Uh, you look at uh, these. Two got the two teams that are playing, and uh, love is loyalty, and um, or loyalty is love, and um, um, overseas elite. These guys are they're long, they're athletic, they they can get to the rim, they can shoot the life out of the basketball. I mean, these are pros, and they're playing at a high level. Um, all borderline NBA basketball players. So we have to defend them. We 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 have to defend them. The offense will take care of itself. Jared, thank you for the time. We appreciate it. Thank you. That's Jared Sullinger. You can uh, follow him on Twitter at Jared underscore Sully zero former Celtic forward. He played in the league for five years now coaching Carmen's crew. They are in the semifinals game. They will play on Sunday, the championship game on Tuesday, August 6th at Wintrust arena. If you want to go, we have a pair of tickets right now to caller number seven because Jared Sollinger wore number seven with the Celtics when he played in the NBA. Caller number seven at 312-332-3776. You will win a pair of tickets to the basketball tournament finals on Tuesday, August 6th at Wintrust Arena. Teams have a shot to win $2 million in this single elimination tournament. For more information and tickets, go to the tournament.com. Caller number seven at 312-332-3776. Gets a pair of tickets to the finals on Tuesday night. Chris Black and Am Abdallah coming back here in the next couple of minutes with this. Chris Bryant, why is he not putting up MVP level numbers, even though his numbers are better than 2016? We'll answer that. Coming up next, Black and Abdallah in for Hood right here on ESPN 1000. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Chris Black and Am Abdallah singing for Jonathan Hood tonight. Thanks to Sean Davis for producing tonight's show. Thanks for Colin Wilson for joining us earlier in the summer of football with some football over-unders, win totals on the NFL. And Jared Solinger, former Celtics forward, just talked to us. You can hear the podcast on ESPNChicago.com, the podcast page, or on the ESPN app. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah. The Cubs win today 6-2 to over the Brewers. And Chris Bryant win uh, five at-bats, one run, two hits. His average is now 290 on the year this season. He has 21 home runs, 51 RBI, slash numbers of 290, 392, 535, a war of 3.5. 
if people say what's wrong with Chris Bryant, the counter to that is, well, he's playing at the same level he played at when he won the MVP in 2016. Those numbers, 39 home runs, 102 RBI, slash numbers of 292, 385, 554, a war of 7.7. He was an MVP in 2016. The problem is, even though he's putting up those same like numbers now, Mm -hmm. the rest of the league has passed him up. He's a good player, really good player. Not saying he's not a good player. Listen, you have to listen to this. He's just not playing at an elite level, MVP level, for a team that is fighting for first place, and he's the best player on that team. You have guys like Christian Yelich, Cody Bellinger with much better numbers, Pete Alonso better numbers. There are better numbers in the National League than what Brian brings to the table. The Cubs are going to need him at an MVP level to win this division and to advance in the playoffs. Yeah, because I think everybody else now that's kind of playing around him is feast or famine. Like you saw Kyle Schwarber was struggling, and then he jumps off the page with a grand slam and a three-run home run last Sunday. And you saw Javi Baez has been struggling as of late. Jed Hoyer, uh, the general manager, was on with Cap today. He mentioned that he's in a slump. He acknowledged that Javi Baez is in a slump, but then Javi Baez hits a home run and has two doubles today. So he jumps off the page today. There are guys that are had that'll have blip on the radar that you'll see every once in a while you need your MVP to perform all the time you need your Christian Yelich you need your Cody Bellinger you need your Mike Trout I'm not saying he needs to be to that level but he needs to show improvement from what he did the last few years he can't just remain at that 2016 level because the league is starting to pass the league is starting to pass him by if all the numbers in baseball jumped why haven't Chris Bryant's jumped I get it he's good Don't say to me, his numbers look like they did when he was an MVP. Yeah, we know. You're lying to yourself. Chris Black and Adam Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. Congrats to Chris from Chatham. He wins the tickets to the basketball tournament on Tuesday, August 6th at Wintrust Arena. Teams have a shot to win $2 million in a single elimination tournament. For more information, go to to tournament.com for tickets and more information. Maybe Chris Bryant's afraid of heights. That's why he doesn't want to take the jump. Do you have any tips for people going to Lala over the weekend? Hydrate, 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 hydrate. I don't care if it's going to be not that hot out. It's supposed to be in the 80s. It's supposed to be nice. Hydrate. It doesn't matter. Go one for one. I ignored your joke, by the way. Black and Abdallah will be back on Sunday morning at 8 a.m. See you then. Oh, what?